you know what today is? Do you know what today is? I heard, I heard some youngsters say Halloween. It is October 31st, and yes, it's Halloween. And some of you might be eagerly anticipating some candy, and I'm not just talking about the parents. A lot of people dress up on Halloween. I did not dress up today. You can thank me for that later. As a kid, I, I went as Batman, and I think that would not look right to, for me to be dressed up as Batman this morning. Uh, you load up on candy on Halloween. You know what? Today is a different, there's a different reason for today being a special day. For the church, for God's church, this day is far more special than it simply being Halloween. Today is Reformation Day. October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted his 95 theses to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, which sparked much debate, which ultimately led to the Protestant Reformation. And Luther had become convinced of the gospel of the Bible. And that gospel that he was convinced of emboldened him to contend for the faith against the false teaching being propagated by the Roman Catholic Church. John Piper says this of the boldness of Luther. His whole life was one of incredible courage, but here's one illustration of his boldness. It was the fall of 1521. It was in the city of Worms, Charles the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, and who had the biggest empire since Charlemagne, was there in the cathedral. Frederick the Wise, the local governor, was there. The Archbishop of Trier, named Eck, was there. And a room at least as large as our sanctuary was filled with lords and nobles, every one of them was against Martin Luther, and all of them had the capacity to sentence him to death for heresy and treason if he did not recant his criticisms of the Holy Catholic Church. Eck said, Do you or do you not repudiate your books and the errors which they contain? And first in German and then in Latin, so that it could be, uh, so, so that it could go down in the official register. He responded like this. Martin Luther responded like this. Since then, your Majesty and your Lordships desire a simple reply. I will answer without horns and without teeth, unless I am convicted by Scripture and plain reason. I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant of anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. Martin Luther was so convinced and convicted by the truth of the gospel and so troubled for one thing, 
about the false teaching that salvation could be earned by works, that he became emboldened by the truth of the Scriptures, by the truth of God's Word, the Bible. And he began to contend for the faith. Now, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the little book of Jude. It's in the it's the second to the last book in the Bible, right before Revelation. Oh, probably on one page in your Bible. The book of Jude. We began this new series of studies here in Jude last week, and we see the writer calling to believers who are being overwhelmed by false teachers and their mistruths that they propagate calling to believers, calling to the believers to whom Jude was writing to contend for the faith. And this is part of God's word. God inspired Jude to write these words for the church today. And these words still remain for us. They're still important for us to hear. And we began with verses 1 through 4 last week, but we didn't finish our look at verses 1 through 4. So we return there today. And I want you to look at your copy of God's word as I read And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Follow along as I read. Jude, verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now we noted last week that the faith, the faith that Jude speaks of, believers needing to contend for, is the gospel. It's the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the truth that the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ, that he was sent into the world by God the Father to save sinners. He did that by living a sinless life, and then he was cruelly crucified, and he died and was buried in the grave until God raised him from the dead on the third day. And Jesus now lives and saves and forgives the sins of all people who put their trust in Him and in Him alone. Because on the cross, God the Father poured out His just wrath for sins on God the Son. And Jesus took the punishment for sinners. That's the truth of Romans 6 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's also, if you were in our adult Sunday school hour, it's also the same truth you heard in Ephesians chapter 2, 
verses 1 through 10. And if you haven't read those verses lately, I encourage you to read those verses this afternoon. I'm not going to read them now. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. That's the gospel. You cannot earn forgiveness of sins. You cannot earn forgiveness of sins. That's the same truth Martin Luther, it's one of the truths that that he was troubled by as he became convinced of the gospel. It's one of the truths that he was very troubled by that the Roman Catholic Church peddled and taught that he contended for. And though he was a man who was far from perfect, we should be grateful for his bold stand for the authority of the Bible and for the truth of the gospel, that salvation is by grace through faith alone. And we should be willing to contend for that same truth. What we have before us in Jude is a reminder to all of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that we are also called by God to contend for the faith. This is not something you can relegate only to your pastor or only to your leaders in your church, your deacons or their wives. You you personally, this is God speaking to you from the Word today. This is a, a direct and serious charge to be a believer in Jesus Christ who contends for the faith, for the truth of the gospel. We began to see here in these first four verses last week how we are equipped to contend for the faith. God is gracious. He doesn't leave us empty-handed in our spiritual lives. He equips us for this. When He gives us a charge, it's not okay for us to say, that's not me, that's not my gifting, I can't do that. No, no, no. God is giving you the gifts. God is giving you the tools. He is equipping you for this charge that He is giving us in Jude to contend for the faith. And we began to see here in these first four verses last week that the equipment that God gives us, we noted first that you need to be armed with faith in Jesus. To begin to contend for the gospel, the faith, you need faith in Jesus, and you need to be strengthened by the faith that God grows in you by way of the Word with your faith fixed on Jesus Christ. We saw this in verses 1 and 2 when Jude reminds you that if you're a believer in Jesus, that you are a servant of Christ. I noted last week that James, uh, Jude was actually Jesus' half-brother, but he doesn't lead with that. He doesn't even say it. He just says in, in the text he's the, half, he, he's the brother of James. More important to Jude was that he was a servant of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God calls you to serve Him. You are His servant. We saw that there in verses 1 and 2. Jude is a servant of Jesus Christ. Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? Are you serving Him? Are you... Are you named among those whom, as we see here in the text, are beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ? If you're a believer in Jesus, you are beloved by God the Father and you are kept in Jesus Christ. And God equips you with that to give you faith and strength to walk in obedience to Him with all the days that He gives you. 
God equips you with faith and strengthens you with faith in Christ by pouring His mercy, peace, and love on you. We see that here in the text also. In Christ and into your heart, into your mind, into your life, through the Word, through the Word of God that you're being taught and you, you read and you apply to your life and you seek to take steps of obedience to obey because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. God is working that truth in you to help you. And because you are strengthened in your faith by that knowledge and by the help of God, through His indwelling Spirit, you are armed and equipped with faith in Jesus to contend for the faith of the gospel. Then secondly, last week, we noted that to contend for the faith, you need orders to follow. You need orders to follow God. Again, doesn't leave us empty-handed. He tells us what we need to do. And we saw last time that in the original language, the term that translated, that's translated here for us in the English Standard Version as the phrase appealing to you was really a military term that gives the idea of a general giving orders to his troops. So believers are being called to have a boldness for a spiritual battle. Let me, let me note here something. When I talk about battles and a fight, I'm not suggesting that we're to cruelly strike out at those who are unbelievers. But there's a spiritual battle going on. The the fight that we fight is is not against flesh and blood. It's against forces of spiritual darkness in this world led by Satan, the father of lies. It troubles me when I see things going on in our culture that I think, what in the world? That is so far from the truth. How do people get there? It's like, oh, wait a minute. There's a devil, and he is active, convincing unbelievers that lies are truth and truth are lies. So be careful that you're not striking out on unbelievers as the enemy. The enemy is Satan. And the falsehoods that he peddles But here are your orders. Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And that phrase in verse 3, once for all, points to the necessity and the importance of contending for the faith. The faith, the gospel, was delivered once for all. Once for all, by Jesus Christ, in His death, through His resurrection, so that sinners could be saved. Have you come to that realization that there is one way, there is one way to be saved, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. There are not many ways to being right with God. There is one way. So this is an imperative for you If you are to contend for the faith, stand for and live by and speak the truth of the gospel. Don't allow any teaching that is contrary to the Bible to lead you astray. So to contend for the faith, you must be armed with your faith in Christ and you need orders to follow and you have them. And now we arrive at number three. And this is where we pick up where we left off last week. And maybe you weren't here last week and 
I would uh, encourage you to go back and listen to the message from last week so that you get a, a thorough grounding in, in this passage. You can find it on our website. Listen to that message uh, from last week, which we began with those first two points. Here's the third point. Third, you also need to recognize the enemy. Remember what I said, be careful here. And we're not talking about making enemies of people, but there are those who come along who would lead us astray if we aren't careful. So you need to recognize the enemy. Look again at verse 4. The enemy Jude exposes here are not unbelievers in general, but unbelievers who are unnoticed in the church and are destined for the judgment of God because they do something deliberate. They pervert the grace of God. This is serious. Verse 4, look at it again. For certain people, it doesn't say all people, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Notice how the ungodly people Jude is warning about, that's unbelievers who are propagating mistruths, who are teaching a false gospel, crept in unnoticed. It's difficult to identify the enemy when they slip in and pass themselves off as friends. But Jude is warning about godless people who profess to be believers and present themselves as believers, but in fact they are enemies of the faith and you will recognize them by their false teaching and their lives that in time reveal them to be false teachers. Now this is important. Hear this. How can you know when you're being deceived? You won't unless you are feeding your heart and your mind and your soul with the Word of God. And I would suggest, let me just say, it's good that you're here. I'm so glad you're here. But this isn't enough. You need the Word of God to take root in you. You need to be in the Word for yourself. It's not enough to just come on Sunday morning and hear the Word proclaimed and not in agreement and go home and, and look for your Bible next Sunday. You need to open it throughout the week and, and saturate your heart and mind with the truth of God's Word. Because how else will you know when you are being deceived? You will not know unless you're feeding your heart and mind and soul with the Word of God. And if you aren't humbling yourself, this is a requirement too, to feed your heart and mind with the, with the Word of God, you need to humble yourself before the Word. In other words, come with an attitude of humility that reminds you that you're not God. And that, and that God is speaking to you from His Word, and this is how He wants you to live. And I would suggest you do that daily. Humble yourself before the Word of God daily. If you're not doing that, you're going to be extremely vulnerable to false teaching. And we need to realize that it's possible we can have people come into our midst professing to be believers, 
who could lead you astray. And the only way to guard against this is to vote to devote yourself. Give yourself to following God's word. Paying attention to God's word and following it. You must be on your guard with your life guarded and led by the truth of the Bible, with your faith fixed on Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, whom God gives you when you trust in Christ. I want you to think about this. How do you think churches and institutions that once stood for the truth and were once godly places of learning fell into apostasy? It happens when you abandon the Bible. And it doesn't just happen to churches, it happens to people. It happens to families who abandon the Bible. And so you must hold yourself accountable to God's Word. And you must devote yourself to God's truth, the truth of His Word. And we, as a church, must devote ourselves to God's Word. We must be centered on the truth. Centered by the truth. Note what the danger is in false teaching Jude points to. Here Jude says that these godless people pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. And isn't that just how the devil works? If you didn't realize it, Satan loves to work this way. He begins to, he begins to tempt you away from the truth with your fleshly needs, your fleshly desires, the things that you think you need and the things that maybe you're tempted with and long for. These godless people pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. That kind of false teaching leads you to believe that since you are saved by God's grace, and you might even have heard this in false teachers' teaching, sometimes on television or, uh, or maybe in popular books, that because you're saved by God's grace, God is love, and so he wants you to be happy, so do whatever makes you happy, because God doesn't want you to be unhappy. Uh, the way the world puts this these days is, you be you. But that's dangerous. It's a dangerous way to live, because that opposes the truth of the Bible. God doesn't want you to live with you be you as your guiding moral compass. In fact, God the Father sent God the Son to die on the cross to save you from being you. You being you would mean that you are still dead in your trespasses and sins. What God wants is for you to grow in Christ's likeness. And he helps you with that with his word and by his spirit. God wants you to grow in righteousness, in obedience, in faith, in love. But the world that we live in is so full of the godless and unbiblical thinking that is sold as you be you. It is a dangerous time to live in if you are not led by taught by and convinced by and convicted by the Word of God. For example, you don't need to look very far, even in our own communities, to find so-called churches 
that think that killing a baby in the mother's womb is not only permissible and acceptable, but it is encouraged. That should break our hearts and cause us to grieve and pray for an end to legalized abortion. Not that we can change everyone's minds, but what a stain on the culture and the world that we live in. What a stain on our country in God's eyes that we allow this as a nation. It ought to cause you to grieve and pray. There are also so-called churches that teach that homosexuality is acceptable when the plain teaching of God's word says otherwise. Even applauding people who are same-sex attracted, even making some of them their clergy, leading many away from the truth of the gospel that would give them the very hope that they desperately need that they can turn from any temptation to sin and obey God and know his joy and peace. This is serious. When I see a church, so-called church, that teaches these kinds of things, it breaks my heart because I think of the many, many people who are being led astray, away from the truth rather than to it. How do you get so far from the truth? To get there, You have to reject the authority of the Scriptures. You have to ignore or reinterpret what the Bible says about these serious moral issues and much more. So you can learn to recognize the enemy, the false teacher, and their false teaching that would lead you astray when what they believe and teach isn't holding fast to the truth of the Bible, God's Word. And so you are armed with faith in Jesus Christ. You have orders to follow, and you are taught to recognize the enemy. Now fourth, to contend for the faith, you need to follow your master. Follow your master. There's a word that we don't like in our culture right now, master. Nobody wants to be mastered. No one wants to have a master. And yet, as believers in Jesus Christ, we ought to rejoice that we have a master in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jude says that these godless people deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. The first test of any teacher of the Bible or preacher of of the Bible or any church is what do you think of Jesus Christ? What do you say about Jesus Christ? If Jesus isn't our only master and Lord, beware. You need to question carefully what a teacher believes about Jesus. Many will say, Jesus was just a good man. Oh, he was a good man. He taught some important truths. Or he was a great prophet, but they will deny the deity of Jesus Christ, that he was God in human flesh. And that's convenient. Because when you can deny that Jesus was God in human flesh, you can discount anything he said. 
Many false teachers say they believe in Jesus, but the Jesus they believe in is not the Jesus of the Bible, who died to save sinners who cannot and never will be able to save themselves. So be certain that you are following your master and not someone leading you away from your only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. You must, and this church must, always make the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the main thing. A lot of effort right now is being put into updating and expanding our building. And and we're excited about that, to see how God will continue to use this this physical place that he has entrusted to our care for his glory. But this building is not the main thing. The main thing is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon, in his first words in the pulpit of the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, said this, I would propose that the subject of the ministry of this house, as long as this platform shall stand, And as long as this house shall be frequented by worshipers, shall be the person of Jesus Christ. I am never ashamed to avow myself a Calvinist. I do not hesitate to take the name of Baptist. But but if I'm asked, what is my creed? I reply, it is Jesus Christ. What's your creed? Is it Jesus Christ? What about those whom you follow, whom you read, whom you listen to. Is it Jesus Christ? Spurgeon understood the importance of proclaiming Jesus Christ, proclaiming the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you encounter a teacher who does not agree with the Bible about who Jesus is and what he has accomplished and what he is doing, then you need to beware. You need to contend for the faith, for the sake of your own daily walk with Christ. Let's begin there. For the sake of your own daily walk with Christ, you need to learn to contend for the faith. You need to be on your guard. For the sake of your family, you need to contend for the faith. We must be centered on the Word which points us to Jesus as God's church. We must be centered on the Word, which points us to Jesus as believers. God wants you to know His Word and how blessed we are to have it. God wants you to love His Word. It is living and powerful and active. It is not like any other book on earth. God promises to use His Word when you humble yourself before it. God wants your life and your family to be enriched and strengthened by the Word, centered on the truth of the Word. And God wants you to be protected with the Word of truth, protected from false teaching. Don't ever compromise the truth of God's Word. Don't ever stop humbling yourself before the Word of God. Follow your Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Stay in the Word and with God's help, contend for the faith. May we as God's church, together encourage one another and strengthen one another to contend for the faith until the Lord returns or calls us home.